TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Revolution. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Talking about the election, we got a debate tonight that no one cares about. We have breaking news regarding the subpoenas into the Biden crime family. The government trying to reform the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, I should say Republicans trying to, to protect our privacy. And seven Nashville police officers on leave after that Nashville manifesto was leaked. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Let me uh, go to Michael and Marlton. He's been patiently holding. Michael, how are you, sir? Hey, how you doing, Rich? Nice speaking with you. Nice speaking with you. Hey, Rich, I think you guys have it all wrong. There's an old saying, the fish stinks at the head. And I think you have to go to the top of the Republican Party. They need someone who can run that party and change the message. It it needs to be revamped because you're not getting, you're not getting the right amount of people, the right people. You need, you need to get women. Why don't the Republicans try to get the woman's vote? It's, it's right there. And I'll tell you who's waiting there. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is the obvious choice, and yet everyone, everyone. Well, if that's the case, then Nikki Haley will win the primary, and she'll be the Republican nominee. Do you think she's got a shot? No, I don't. But it, but you have a woman running, so your theory is that why are why are Republicans not running women? She's running, so by based on your theory, she'll be the nominee. I think the answer is women don't really care if it's a woman or a man. They want the best person for the job. I don't, I don't think women are monolithic like that. I think that that is a mistake that we make sometimes, that the left does all the time, which is to put people in boxes and categories. There are some women who can't stand Nikki Haley. They, they absolutely hate her positions. I don't think people just vote on people's genitals. I really don't. To be honest with you, I don't. Okay. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. I never thought that. I never considered that. But... Why do all the polls have her beating Biden by by more points than uh, if Trump were? Well, you got to look at which, first of all, I would say to you at this point, Biden's going to lose to whoever the nominee is. Nikki Haley's got to get out of the primary. That's not up to me. That's not up to you. That's not up to anybody but Nikki Haley. Can she beat Donald Trump in a primary? That's can she or not? I mean, if she can't beat Trump in a primary, she's not going to be the nominee. So we can we can be hypothetical all day long about who the best candidate would be. That person has to get elected by Republican voters. And, you know, if she does, then she'll be the nominee. If she doesn't, she's not going to be. I mean, you know, we can we can I have this conversation with somebody today about her. 
I said, well, then if she can if she can beat Trump, well, then she'll be the nominee. I don't know what else to say to that. Right. I I think if all the other candidates drop out, I think if it's a if it's a choice between Nikki Haley and Donald Trump, I think I'd like to believe Republican voters are, are smart enough to realize she's their best shot at getting the White House back. Well, first of all, you're asking a lot for the other Republicans with their giant egos to drop out, number one. Number two, uh, I think that considering her positions on U.S. military foreign policy, I think a lot of people, even women, would stick with Trump over Nikki Haley based on the fact that I think they think Nikki Haley would get us closer to more military conflict than Donald Trump would. That's my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I view it. And I don't think the fact that she has a vagina will matter at all. I, I think it'll be the policy positions, in my opinion. Okay, I like I said, I I, I still think she's their best choice, and I'm... Then, I, then I you should by wins. all means I support her, my fine. friend. You should, you should support her by all means. If you get to the point where the New Jersey that. primary comes around in June and she's still on the ballot, uh, because our primary doesn't matter in our state, unfortunately... Um, Ben, you should support her. You should send her money. You should back her. You should do everything you possibly can to help Nikki Haley win. If you really support her and you really like her, I'm not, I'm not telling you not to. I'm just saying that, you know, the idea that Republicans, that, that, that we can't win without Nikki Haley on the ballot, I think is just, I think it's a ludicrous idea. And it's, and you're not the first person who said that to me today. I think whoever the Republican nominee is, whether it's Nikki Haley or it's Donald Trump or it's Ron DeSantis or anybody else. We got to get our people out in 2024, and if we don't, we're going to lose. I think that's the lesson. Yeah, there's yeah, there, there's no enthusiasm. There's no enthusiasm for any. It doesn't seem to be for any Republican candidates. We've been losing races since 2017. It's been like five years now, six years. Nothing's changing, Rich. It's the same, the same result every time. Well, if that's the case, then based on your theory, Nikki Haley will will get people out to vote for her in the primary because they'll be enthused by her and she will end up winning. But the other candidates would have to get out of the race in order for her to overcome the incredible margin that Donald Trump has. My opinion, my political prognostication, I do not see that happening, but we shall see how it goes. Michael, thank you for the call, my friend. I appreciate it. All right. Okay. thanks, Rich. Yep. You're welcome. I appreciate it very much. Uh, And I'm not a fan of Nikki Haley. I've made that point very clear on the show before, but, uh, but I respect Michael's opinion and obviously I respect everyone's opinion. That's the kind of guy I am. All right. Uh, I had some other things I had to, I got to get to, I got to get the spying stuff. I got to get to all this. Today's just been a day. We took a lot of calls. We're done with calls for, I think about a year now, I guess, right? We filled our quota about a year, 1.2 years, something like that. Uh, I feel like we took more calls today than we genuinely did over the course of the last three months. Yeah, total. probably. Yeah. I think. I think we're good for a little while anyway. <laughs> no, they were great calls. Actually, the calls were fantastic today. They were excellent. Very thought-provoking, very engaging. I loved it. Do you have that clip of David Axelrod by chance? Did uh, I send you yeah, that? I do have that. David Axelrod, who called on Obama to drop... Called, well, after he met with Obama, he came out and called on Biden to drop out of the race. David Axelrod, the political prognosticator himself, on CNN talking about Joe Biden. Take a listen. And just finished. <laughs> yeah. uh, the territory of one-term presidents. Yes. Um, going back to Jimmy Carter, um, I jotted this down. Jimmy Carter was at 32%. That's worse. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But that's about as good yeah, as he, it can he get. And he lost. Look, 
The difference here is that he isn't running against Ronald Reagan. He's not running against some fresh face. He's running against Donald Trump. And that's what gives him hope. And I think Who also the only that, other person at that low level, close to that low. I level, mean, his numbers are are, are are equally bad, though, on, you know, in other polling and and in some here, there are comparatives, as we talked about earlier on this, you know, uh, foreign leadership question and so on that are that are discouraging. I would only say this, um, whether it's fair or not, and Joe Biden has a lot of accomplishments to his credit. He led the country through uh, the pandemic. And, uh, you know, while inflation is still the prism through which people are looking at the economy on jobs and some other measures, he's done quite well. Despite all that, those facts, he and maybe no incumbent president at this juncture is going to win a referendum on their own performance. He has to frame the choice and he has to frame it aggressively and he has to frame it right away because if nothing else, these are uh, these are a flashing uh, red light here. Uh, so David went through independence and I flashing red light, flashing red light. That's the bottom line, flashing red light. He's it, not wrong. And that's why they want they want Biden out of the race. He's not the only one. Here's ex Democrat Congressman Tim Ryan of Ohio calling on Biden to drop out of the 2024 election. Cut number six. Um, And I I do think, look, I've said this, Casey, this is not this is not breaking news. I don't think the president should run. I don't think Trump should run. I don't think President Biden should run. We have talent in the Democratic Party. Um, There are some leaders in the Republican Party who are willing to take on the insurrectionists and take on Trump. And I think that's those enough of him. All right. Here's the head of, of uh, Black Lives Matter, former head of Black Lives Matter, or is still involved in some way, shape or form here, who has come out and said he's backing Donald Trump because everybody else sucks. This is a man named Mark Fisher, co-founder of a Black Lives Matter chapter in Rhode Island and founder of a new Black Lives Matter related organization. He's on a media tour advocating for Donald Trump to be president in 2024. This is why I think the Democrats If they do make a switch, I think it'll be Michelle Obama for a variety of reasons. But one of them is they're terrified about losing the black vote. And Kamala Harris is a loser who loses worse than Joe Biden. Um, This is what he said. Okay, let's start off with you, uh, BLM leader, and you're now endorsing Donald Trump, saying he's the best candidate we have. Why do you think he is the best candidate that we have? Because everybody else sucks. (laughs) <laughs> so is he just the best of a bad group? I mean, is he still, is he not that great either, but he's just like better than the rest? Well, you know, I like Trump, you know, um, personally. And I think right now who we have sitting in the Oval Office is just a deep disappointment. You know, I deeply um, have disdain for him. And, and, and I, I really just like the vice president as well. They are very worried about losing the black vote. And this is a problem for them because they, they want to swap out Biden. But if they do it with white guy, Gavin Newsom or white guy, Phil Murphy, and they drop black woman, Kamala Harris, they've got a problem. That's the only reason why I think the Michelle Obama thing has legs. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I know Susie's going to be upset with me for even bringing it up, but just keep all that in mind. And obviously, the Obama people are still calling the shots here, and they want him gone. They want Biden gone. Because Axelrod said all this after a weekend hanging out with the Obamas at their 15th anniversary celebration of Barack Obama's historic win. A lot 
Lot to digest from today's show. Turnout, turnout, turnout. That's the big story of the day. Turnout, no question about it. And we'll talk more about that. But the government is doing something. They're targeting a Christian school. Shocking. And an effort by conservatives and some Democrats to rein in the reckless spying by our government that abuses the powers we gave them in the wake of 9-11. I talked to Congressman Guy Reschenthaler about this earlier on the show, and I'm going to get back into it with you as well. But I want to tell you about my buddy, Tom Skopinich, because if you are injured in an accident, you need a lawyer to help you maximize your recovery and get the fair value of your case. Do not assume the insurance companies are going to take care of you and value your case fairly. Insurance companies are big businesses concerned with one thing, and that's their bottom line. You need the law offices of Thomas G. Skopinich. Tom has been serving the greater Delaware Valley for over 25 years, and he's helped many clients. With offices located in Lansdale, Montgomery County, let Tom help you maximize your recovery and get the fair value for your case. You know, prior to starting his own practice, Tom Skopinich used to work for and on behalf of insurance companies, which gives him a unique understanding of the strategies and tactics used by insurance companies when they are fighting your case. Contact Tom online at scopelawyer.com, S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com, or call him at 215-624-2211. He's licensed in PA and he's licensed in New Jersey, so he can help you on either side of the river. Stay away from the billboard clowns, all those people you see driving home. You want a guy who's going to actually work with you, actually help you, and fight for you. And that's what Tom Skopinich does. And that's what he's been doing for 25 years maximizing recoveries and get, making sure people get the, the most value they can for their case. That's what he does, and he'll do it for you, and he's going to do it with you with passion because that's the kind of guy he is. Scopelawyer.com, 215-624-2211. Get what you deserve today. The law offices of Thomas G. Skopinich, scopelawyer.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right, welcome back. It is our Wednesday post-mortem edition of the show after yesterday's disappointing election results, which... I've talked about it for most of the afternoon today, and thank you for the calls on it. We have a lot to chat about, obviously. And uh, there's multi, multi levels of this. Again, by the way, I want to uh, thank the Daily Caller for publishing the story about Alan Dershowitz calling Obama a villain because Obama is a villain and he's been a villain in all of this. And I'm glad the Daily Caller picked it up, picked up the story, made a little national news for us. That's what we like, kids, right? Like a little national news. So. That's good stuff. All right. Um, what do I want to talk about this? Oh, I know what I want to talk about. In the middle of all this, and first of all, the, the main takeaway from today, if you're just joining me and where you've been, is that we have to deal with mail-in voting and drop boxes, and we've got to, Republicans have to seize that game. The turnout is abysmal, 
And that is really the main takeaway. Why turnout is abysmal is that's a multi-layered question. But the conclusion as to why yesterday was such a disappointment truly is because of the fact that turnout was abysmal. The reasons for turnout being abysmal are multi-layered. But that, in a nutshell, is the bottom line. That's the bottom line. No, no question about it. So the, the government is weaponized against us. We know this. A bipartisan government surveillance reform act would stop a lot of warrantless surveillance on American citizens. And this is now something that Congress is looking into doing. And I think it's a good thing. And they're saying this has to be the condition for the renewal of Section 702. A bipartisan collection of privacy-minded lawmakers announced the introduction of a bill that would reform and restrain the authorities of federal agencies from snooping on American citizens and collecting data without getting a warrant first. Imagine that. The government actually has to come to you and get a warrant, actually has to go before a judge and say the time and the place and what they're looking for and it has to be specific and it can't be a general warrant. Imagine the government of the United States of America doing that. Isn't that something? Uh, But they don't have to do that anymore now. There's so many different ways to snoop around and spy on you from your TV to your car, everything else. They know what you're doing at all times, exactly at all times, and I'm sick of it. I really am. And I've been saying this for years. You know, if you've been with me since day one, you know that I was one of the first conservative voices out there to say that we cannot allow the Constitution to be trampled on in the name of stopping terrorists. Because one day the terrorists might be us. Well, congratulations, that day is today. And I still remember that caller. Oh, Rich, what do you want to get blown up by a terrorist? Because I was so angry at the warrantless surveillance that was going on by our government against us. And yeah, you know what? The, the threat of the, of the guy in a cave from Afghanistan is not what we're talking about right now. It's the threat of a guy in a MAGA hat and a Betsy Ross flag. And even if it was the guy in Afghanistan, it's, the point is, if we're going to allow American citizens to be trampled on, to have liberty shredded and for them to just step all over the Constitution in the name of keeping us safe, then this is what we get. This is what we get. What we have, this weaponized government, where do you think it started? I said this when I spoke at the Montgomery County Republican dinner, I guess, what, two weeks ago now? A week ago? Whenever it was? Last week? Time's flying these days, huh? And I said, Republicans have to own this. Got to own this. You know, there were a lot of Republicans back then, including Republican talk show hosts, who were out there saying, we need the spying, we need the spying, we need the spying. It's the only way to prevent another 9-11. And, and I said at the time, if you give up your liberty to the government in the name of keeping you safe, then all the powers you give them, they will weaponize and they will use against you for political purposes. That was my Zioli axiom for years. That was the Zioli axiom I shared in afternoons and in mornings and back in afternoons. But even prior to afternoons, I shared that when I was the night guy and I shared that when I was the fill-in guy. I always said that, the Zioli axiom. Give up your liberty to the government under the guise of keeping you safe, whatever powers you give them, they will take, they will weaponize, and they will use against you politically. And now what do we have? We have the House Select Subcommittee on the weaponization of government because we are at such a fever point right now of the government spying on us, targeting us, censoring us, silencing us, shoving information in our face, telling us what we can say, what we can't say. I am so sick of the words misinformation and disinformation. I want to never hear them again. We have an entire government agency that is dedicated 
to telling you what is the truth and for silencing you if you try to say something different. Multiple private sector entities, including the corporate media and big tech involved in this, and college universities like Stanford. So now we have this Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. Again, another act that the government abused, this time in 2016, to spy on Carter Page, George Papadopoulos, any, anyone who talks to anyone overseas can, can be subjected to the FISA Act with the notion that they will, they will listen to you, they will hear what you have to say, they'll spy on you, just to make sure you're not talking to bad guys. And, and it's, their, it's their back door in, into avoiding a warrant on you. It's like uh, the government flying a drone over your house. You know, we have these debates too now where the government's going to say, well, we can fly a drone over your yard. No, you can't. It's my property. Well, you can't spy on me. These are the debates we have right now, all in the name of public safety. So federal, federal surveillance authorities under Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act are up for congressional renewal this year. Section 702 is intended to authorize the warrantless surveillance of foreigners outside the United States for potential threats to national security. Now, for the record, I have no problem with that whatsoever. If you are not an American citizen, the Constitution does not apply to you, especially if you're overseas. So it's not a question in my mind that they can do that. But here's the problem. The problem is, in truth, through various loopholes and tricks, these authorities have been used by the federal government to collect and track domestic data and communication by American citizens without us knowing and without warrants. Scott Shackford at Reason.com has an excellent point on this. We've had years of evidence that federal intelligence authorities like the National Security Agency have been misusing their powers and a number of legislative attempts to try to rein them in. Well, now we have a number of lawmakers who introduced the Government Surveillance Reform Act of 2023, intended to add several new restrictions to protect Americans from warrantless snooping and collection of data as the condition for renewing Section 702. The law is co-sponsored in both the House and the Senate by privacy and liberty-minded lawmakers from both parties. Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon, Zoe Lofgren of California, Mike Lee of Utah, Nancy Mace of South Carolina, among others. The FISA court and the director of national intelligence have confirmed that our government conducted warrantless surveillance of millions of Americans, said, said Senator, excuse me, Senator Mike Lee in a statement. It is imperative that Congress enact real reforms to protect our civil liberties, including warrant requirements and statutory penalties for privacy violations. Now, that's a key point the senator makes, too. We need to have actual punishment for these people. If they abuse the Constitution, if they violate our liberty, if they abuse the Bill of Rights, they spy on us without a warrant, they need to be held accountable. I am so sick of this idea that these bureaucrats in Washington can do whatever the hell they want and just walk away, scot-free. No problem. They spied on me. They heard what I had to say. They listened in. They censored me. They shoved disinformation in my face. And nothing happens to them. They infiltrate presidential campaigns. They undermine a president of the United States. They try to stop a, a, an American citizen named Donald Trump from being able to run for president. They use their, their, their police state powers to try to stop him from even running, to try to force him to lose the election, and then to undermine his presidency while he's president. And then they did it again in 2020 with the Hunter Biden laptop. The arrogance of 
Lisa Page and her lover, Peter Strozak, Mr. Strozak, Mr. Strozak, turning around and saying, we will stop him. We won't let him win. We'll stop him. We, the FBI, the Department of Justice, will stop him. That's police state crap right there. That's what they do in police states. They decide who's going to win the election before it ever even happens. They decide. And they determine who's going to get punished. That's not America. That's not freedom. And these people are so arrogant and do it all the time because nothing ever happens to them. There's no ramifications. There's no repercussions. They don't get in trouble. And if you don't get in trouble, why would you stop doing something? If, you, if, if, you, if you're not going to get in trouble for doing it, you're going to keep doing it. It's the bottom line. Senator Mike Lee said, our bipartisan government surveillance reform act stops illegal government spying and restores the constitutional rights of all Americans. The bill addresses and attempts to end a host of different ways that federal authorities have attempted to make end runs around the Fourth Amendment's requirements that officials get a warrant before accessing Americans' private data or communications. Some of these very important reforms include the following. Quote, number one, ending the backdoor search loophole. The massive collection of data authorized by the FISA Act has created a trove of stored information that the FBI has access to investigate domestic crimes, even though that data was collected without warrants for the alleged purpose of protecting us from foreign spies and foreign terrorists. So they take that knowledge and that information, and then they use it against American citizens for domestic crimes. You see why that's a problem? Now, it's a problem because they didn't have the authority to be able to get that information about you in the first place, because the FISA Act is supposed to be about foreign spies and terrorists. So it's like the old analogy I'd give you is if, um, if the FBI is listening in on a phone call, which happens whenever two or more Italians are together in a room, obviously, and you start talking about personal information, they're supposed to stop listening to that part of the call. They're supposed to turn off the recording. Anything that's private, they're, they're not supposed to spy on. That, that's the analogy I would give you if they had a warrant. In this case, though, of course, they don't have a warrant. And so they're getting this information and then they're turning around and they're prosecuting people for domestic crimes with the idea, well, we, we caught them talking about it or we, we have the information now to use against them. But you didn't obtain the information properly in the first place. So the entire thing has to be thrown out the window. You, you, you cannot allow the government to prosecute you if the government does not follow the rules. There's a reason for that. The Constitution requires a rule book. It is the rule book, and it requires the, the, the government of the United States to follow the rules before they can come after you for a crime because the government has so much massive power to use against you. You see that playing out right now against former President Donald Trump. So how they obtain the information absolutely matters. 100% it does. If they don't have the legal authority to obtain the information, they can't use it against you, period. The power of the FBI to do this was actually expanded under President Donald Trump. A big mistake that I called out at the time. And I think that he's learned his lesson because he listened to too many neocons around him at the time, too many establishment folks who said, don't worry about it. It's okay. Got to keep us safe. I think he learned his lesson, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Uh, the Government Surveillance Reform Act would close this loophole by requiring authorities to get a warrant before searching citizens' data. 
It would end reverse targeting of Americans in foreign surveillance. One clever bypass that federal authorities have used to listen in on Americans' communications without having to get a warrant has been to target foreigners overseas that Americans talk to instead. When FISA authorities allow the NSA to wiretap foreign targets, they will have access to all sides of the communication, and that includes Americans whom, under normal circumstances, they would not be able to spy on because of the Fourth Amendment. So this bill would prohibit the targeting without consent and prevent the use of data gathered this way in court proceedings. So you can talk to your relatives in Italy without having to worry about it. And in the authority for surveillance about U.S. citizens. Another way the federales secretly spy on us is by collecting data and communications that are about us that come from valid foreign FISA surveillance targets. In other words... The feds can tangentially snoop on specific Americans by warrantlessly collecting communications from foreign sources that mention them. This bill would end that practice. So in other words, if um, there's a conversation going on and somebody says, so how's your your cousin uh, Jimmy doing? Oh, Jimmy's doing good. Well, that doesn't then give the FBI permission to then start spying on Jimmy. Ending purchases of private data from third-party brokers. This is, a, this is a big problem right here. In order to bypass warrants and the Fourth Amendment requirements to gather private information about Americans, government agencies have been turning to third-party data brokers who compile information from our use of phones and computers. Government agencies simply buy data that we have stored. They buy that through third-party sources. Now, they would not be allowed to access that information on their own without a warrant or a subpoena. This bill would prohibit such purchases. And there's more. It's a lot of changes to surveillance authorities that some lawmakers have been trying to pass for years now. And the bill has support from civil rights and privacy groups from across the political spectrum, including the Electronic Frontier Foundation, the National Association for Criminal Defense Lawyers, Freedom Works, love Freedom Works, Restore the Fourth, the Due Process Institute, and many others. Quote from the ACLU. We have said again and again that Section 702 should not be reauthorized absent fundamental reforms. The Government Surveillance Reform Act meets this high standard. This legislation would address the countless abuses of Section 702 we have seen from the government, and it would ensure the protection of Americans' Fourth Amendment rights. Congress should not vote to reauthorize Section 702 without the critical reforms contained in this bill. Absolutely no question about it. Absolutely. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli, if you want to weigh in right now uh, and everything we are discussing on a big post-Wednesday election edition, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. All right, as we continue along here in our fourth and final hour, uh, just a reminder that tomorrow, which is what now, Thursday, I can't believe this week is flying by. Uh, no, not tomorrow. December 15th. We're at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. December 15th. I got to keep reminding myself of that. That's when we're going to be there again. So I want to see you there for that. All right. So make sure you join us for our fourth and final broadcast of the year at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. Not fourth and final. It'll be our fifth and final. I'm sorry. It's been a long week. It's been a long couple of days. I haven't slept because of the election. I haven't slept because I'm moving, you know, the movie, the move process into the new Zioli compound. So whenever that happens, of course, it you know, completely exhaust you, as you know. Uh, Social justice is injustice. Excellent piece by the Wall Street Journal. Social justice is injustice. Support for Hamas derives from the fashionable idea 
that power determines what is right and what is wrong. Matthew Solomson and Ty Fortgang had a great piece on this, which is this notion that Americans have stood by the idea that is enshrined in this particular oath that federal judges take. I will administer justice without respect to persons and do equal right to the poor and the rich. These words come from the Bible and reflect a key principle of justice in the American tradition shaped by our Judeo-Christian heritage. Justice is not about power. Whether a party is right or wrong in a dispute doesn't depend on that person's identity and social station. For a long time, Americans have stood by that idea, considering it obvious. A powerful person could be regarded as a good guy or bad guy, depending on how he amassed and used his power. A powerless person might be virtuous or evil, depending on how he dealt with his circumstances. No longer. For many Americans today, justice, often with the modifier social before it, social justice, is precisely about power. Rejecting the ideal codified in the, in the judicial oath. Academics, the intelligentsia, the government, have embraced the idea that power tells you all you need to know about who is right and who is wrong. The idea being that if you have the power, you are right. And if you don't have the power, you're wrong. That's the idea. That's not American, obviously. We know that. That is antithetical to everything we believe as Americans. And it frustrates me to no end. No question about it. And think about the power that the government uses against us all the time. Biden's regulators have actually gone after a Christian college. The feds went after Grand Canyon University for $37.7 million dollars in what looks like unfair punishment. No question about it. The liberal press often frets with uh, that Donald Trump would target his political opponents, right? We heard that for years. Didn't we hear that from Joe Scarborough all the time? Joe would go, Mika, Mika, we don't punish our political enemies in this country, Mika. We don't use our politics for, for this purpose, Mika. We don't do these things, Mika. Remember that? But that's exactly what Joe Biden's government has done time and again, time and again. Last week, the Biden Education Department put out a record find against Grand Canyon University. Why do we have an education department? You know, if I were president, that'd be the first thing I shut down was the Federal Department of Education, followed by the EPA. The Education Department, which I guess is supposed to make sure that, um, I don't know, the curriculum is woke. I I think it's their federal mandate. They dunned GCU, the nation's largest Christian college, $37.7 million for allegedly deceiving prospective students about the cost of its doctoral programs. The actual beef that the Department of Education had is that GCU charged students for taking courses while they complete their dissertation and that these costs weren't included in a table estimating the degree's total cost. But the number of continuation courses varies. Its disclosure makes clear that doctoral degrees they, they're going to have lots of different kinds of continuous courses. And that these, co- these courses average about $2,175 per course. So the education department claims that they buried this in the fine print, but the college comes out and says, I don't know, this disclosure is in full size. Red type, right above the degree program calculator. And if you can't figure this out, you probably shouldn't be trying to get an advanced degree. I mean, honestly, truly, right? The school's accreditor, the Higher Learning Commission, praised Grand Canyon University's transparency in 2021. 
Their recruitment and marketing materials are clear and transparent, and financial information presented to students throughout the student life cycle is robust. That information on its doctoral program provides prospective students a clear picture of their academic and financial path. College says it's being targeted because it has sued the education department for refusing to recognize it as a nonprofit college. Progressive regulators probably also resent, you know, that the school's vocational training program are actually growing and community colleges are losing students. Remember, progressives love the idea of everybody being in a classroom, probably for the rest of their lives. They can indoctrinate you. You can graduate with a lot of debt. You, you, you're, you learn what they want you to learn. And then you're serving coffee with hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt. And they're okay with that. What they don't like is if you become a plumber or an electrician, a carpenter, a roofer, you know, a cop, you actually work for a living, a nurse, a doctor, a, a doctor who sees patients. They want you to have degrees like Joe Biden has. That's the kind of doctors they like. They want everybody to be in the liberal academic setting because that's how progressivism spreads. Because progressivism, progressivism is an idea that spreads through colleges like gonorrhea does in colleges. And let's face it, both spread quite a bit. I, allegedly. I never. Anyway, progressive, progressives oppose private competition in education, as you know. They hate that. And they're willing to use the government to punish schools that won't bow to their wishes. They do this often. They do this whenever they want, actually. It's just another example of the Biden administration targeting conservatives, targeting Christians, targeting people of faith. They do this all the time. Remember, they came after the Catholics, the Catholics who were speaking in Latin at mass. And Merrick Garland tried to threaten and intimidate them, too. It never stops with these people. These people never, ever stop. They continue to come after you and me. And this is why we keep talking about reigning in the government. This is why. This is the reason for it. And, and, And I am of the opinion, and I think probably you are as well, that unless we make a change in the presidency, we will never be able to rein this government in because these people love using government power against people who they don't like politically. They love it. They use it all of the time. And so whenever I hear these situations happening, whenever I look at all these things, I think to myself, the only thing that has to change is we need, we need a new president who's willing to go in there and tackle the deep state. Because if you don't do that, well, then they're gonna, the power is only going to keep growing. They like it. They have it. They use it. They use it all the time. It's what they do. And they never, ever stop doing it. All right. Um, Axelrod, David Axelrod, ending, uh, they'll put a bow on this from yesterday's show. He says, what gives Biden hope is that he's running against Trump. That's what he said. That's what gives Biden hope. But you know what? David Axelrod doesn't see it that way. He sees that Biden loses regardless of who Biden's running against. And he's probably not wrong. It's, he's not wrong on that point. I know that everybody's bummed about yesterday. I know that. And we talked a lot about that on the show today. But what I will say to you, and this is important, is to remember, this is not 2024. Every election is different. Everybody trying to make this election about something national is wrong and missing the point. This is not and was not a national election yesterday. These were local elections. Republican voter turnout stunk yesterday. It was awful. No question about it. The reasons for that? We will talk about for a long time to come. 
But what we did not see last night was MAGA extremism fail. That's not what we saw last night. We saw Republicans in most places stay home. Now we got to figure out why that is and how the Democrats have figured out how to maximize their get out the vote effort. But remember something. In Kentucky, they always vote Democrats for governor. Why they do this is anybody's guess, but they keep doing it and they do it over and over and over again. So please just take this with you as I end the show right now and turn it over to the great one, Mark Levin. Everything about yesterday was about yesterday. It is not about 2024. Please don't make it about 2024. But don't forget the lesson from yesterday, which is that if Republicans do not embrace mail-in voting and do not embrace the tactics used by the Democrats, then it will be like yesterday a year from now. Have a great rest of your night. The great one, Mark Levin, is up next. Keep the conversation going on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Thank you. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. Every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 